everybody, and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. We're come rain, shine, or anything in between. We're here in Liberty, the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside Connor Baltazor. And welcome to this week's weekly recap, where we have a one piece of good news, and then the rest is not ideal. But we're here nonetheless. That's where the rain, shine, or anything in between comes from. But we're just going to dive right into volleyball, then talk about soccer, and then, of course, the wacky segment of the week. So let's just dive straight into volleyball with the one big dub of the week, and that is up against the University of Nebraska-Omaha in the debut of Morgan Family Arena, or as Connor affectionately calls it. The Morgue. It's not just you. I I can't say I came up with that. I I did not come up with that. That is stolen from Twitter. Yeah. It's growing on me. But this was a 3-2-0 Wildcat victory in order to open up the festivities for the next, hopefully, very long time in Morgan Family Arena. And it was a closer match than I think I realized when we were there. First off, review of the new arena, really nice. Students showed out for the first game. Uh, were not very good at swag surfing, but tried their best. They did a lot better in the second game, for what it's worth. Really? Yes, they did. They That's they um, seemed to coordinate a little better. Uh, maybe they had a plan going in, but <laughs> it was definitely superior to the first game. They had a, they had a they had a plan to to execute. But in this first game, of course, you have your leaders and kills, which is Aaliyah Carter with fourteen, Shayla Myers with seven, Katie Fernholtz with five, Lauren Hinkle had two aces, Liz Grigorski and Cindy Bolding each had one. Blocks, Katie Fernholz had five, Shaley Myers had four, and Cindy Boulding had three. Izzy Sholshevsky had 25 assists, Liz Grigorski had three, and Mackenzie Morris had three. Mackenzie Morris also had 20 digs, Aaliyah Carter with 10, and Lauren Hinkle with seven. Again, this this wasn't like a pretty dominant victory, despite it being 3-0. It was actually pretty close during most of the sets. So, I, I did walk away kind of feeling nice about it, though. Like, it... Like this was a sort of victory that you're like, yeah, uh, I'm happy that I'm happy that we could christen the new arena with a W. Yeah, uh, it was nice to get out with a win, a 3-0 win, even if the sets were close, and they kind of got progressively closer mm-hmm. uh, as we went. Uh, the The first one, there was a ton of momentum going. I think we uh, kind of tired ourselves out with that, um, but yeah, I think it was uh, yeah, everyone got a bit closer. Um, at least that's how it felt. Um, but we were still able to prevail in all of them. And uh, we had a, a few people look really good. Uh, Leah Carter looked like she was getting back to her old self. Uh, Fernholz and Bolding looked really great. Jolshevsky had a fantastic game, uh, I remember, in this one. Uh, just a lot of, of really good sets. Uh, a few huge digs. Uh, a couple of kills, too. And then I could service ace. She kind of all around, I think, maybe had the most impactful game, even if it didn't really show up on the stat sheet as much. Um, and then of course Sydney Bolding, uh, six foot four, able to get a ton of blocks. Uh, Kitty Fern holds a ton of blocks as well. Uh, then Morris, as always, getting a ton of digs on that back line. But all in all, this is a, a a nice showing for the volleyball squad. Nice to, um, as you said, christen the new arena, and uh, hopefully it's the uh, site of many wins to come and a part of a, a growing and developing program. Yeah, but. Uh, here's where kind of the downside starts. Um, the Nebraska game, which we'll, we'll, we'll preface this by saying Nebraska is a very, very good team. I think they're, they were ranked number four at the time of, of playing them. And we held our own 
as in we, well, I'm not on the team. K-State held their own in the first set, 25-21. They didn't end up getting blanked totally, though, like from winning a set. So the next set was 25-15 and then 25-19. I'm happy with, well, I'm not going to say I'm truly happy because we lost, but I sets one and three at least are somewhat encouraging that we were able to hang with them. It just seemed like the, every time that we got momentum, it immediately was just shoved right back in our face. Yeah, I, I don't even know if I'd characterize us as ever even having momentum. It, uh, to me, in the game, it felt like the most we'd ever really be able to rally was maybe two or three points, uh, whereas Nebraska was able to get a few moments uh, in every set where it really felt like they had control and they forced us to take a timeout and regroup. And we didn't really have many, if any, of those moments. Nebraska was just too talented and uh, just too good across the board uh, to fully stop them from scoring uh, every point. So we uh, just didn't have the horses to keep up. Uh, I didn't realize this. We've only beaten Nebraska four times in volleyball ever. Uh, I I did not realize that the record was that uh, disparate. Uh, I, I knew Nebraska was good historically. I did not realize just how good nebraska was uh so it was a not an unexpected result um but the crowd was fantastic uh the students were super into it uh capacity crowd uh i I was really happy with that there were nebraska fans there still that um apparently some of them did buy season tickets just to get tickets for this game uh which glad that they're going to be wasted for the rest of the year uh so uh this was an unfortunate result um would have liked to hang with them a little bit better than we did uh, show a bit more development on that front. Um, but it's early in the year, and uh, I think the two games this weekend are good measuring sticks, at least for a while. Yeah. Which, speaking of, the two games this weekend are in the Lipscomb tournament, which is still impossible to read if you go to the K-State Sports website because it's yellow on white, um, against UT Martin and Lipscomb both of which are going to be in Nashville, Tennessee, in Allen Arena. One of which is at Friday at 6, the next is Saturday at 6. One's on ESPN+, Plus. I imagine the other one is probably a radio broadcast, probably smaller on the call. I have no idea. I truly don't. Well, either way. <laughs> either way, support the, the uh, Volley Cats. Now we get to talk a little bit about the, the Soccer Cats and a game that... I think I blocked from my memory because uh, I watched maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes of it and then decided that was enough. No, I watched 30 minutes of it and then decided that was enough. Uh, it was the Nebraska-K-State soccer game. Uh, it was 4-0 victory in favor of Nebraska. All four goals scored in the first half, in the first period. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this was not a great game for K-State. Uh, capping off a pretty bad day against Nebraska uh, across the non-revenue sports. Uh, Nebraska just went on an absolute tear in about a 25-minute point of time. From the 15th minute up to the 40th minute, they scored all four of their goals, two of them coming from Eleanor Dale. Uh, Just pretty abysmal from K-State defensively. Uh, And K-State still managed to get up 14 shots and 7 on target, but that paled in comparison to 30 from Nebraska and 11 on target. Uh, So, um, at least on that 
point, you would think K-State would have been able to get at least one or two home. They had a couple of good chances, but they never really had a shot in this one once the uh, uh, goal started hitting the back of the net for Nebraska. Uh, yeah, this is... Um, there was an encouraging start to this year for uh, the soccer team, but now it's... It's uh, disappeared. It, yeah, it, se- it seemed to have gone backwards right now, and uh, it's really disappointing after a fairly encouraging start, but we've now not scored uh, since August 27th, I believe. Yeah. Or uh, since August 24th, I mean. Yeah, we have not scored a goal since August 24th, so we have not scored a goal in about two weeks, which is not what you want to see. Yeah, and on top of that, uh, we've only scored in two of our matches all season, so... Uh, we're scoring in bunches, so I guess that means at some point we're going to put seven up on somebody, but I'd rather just disperse them a little more evenly. Yeah. I was looking at the exhibitions, my fault. But, yeah, it's not... Nebraska soccer isn't bad. They're At the time of this, after this game, they were 5-0-1. So, like, they're not bad, but, like... Ugh. Yeah, they're a good squad, but if you really want to start taking next steps, this is the sort of squad I think that you need to at least be competitive with. I mean, this is kind of a step backwards. This is what I would have expected from K-State soccer back in 2018 or 2019. Uh, it's 2023 now, and I think we should have higher standards than this result. Pretty pretty embarrassing, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably the best way to describe it is it's embarrassing. The next game was less embarrassing, but still not good. There are ways that you could characterize this as being even more embarrassing. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, this was a 1-0 uh, loss for K-State up against Memphis, who went into this game 4-0-1. Jeez, um, man. I There's only one stat you need to read. Yeah, the shot statistics, Memphis put up 28 shots, eight of them on target. K-State had three shots this entire game, two of them on target. And that's it. Uh, Pretty horrible. Uh, Just no way to get around it. Memphis was ranked 16th. I don't care. Uh, That is an unacceptable differential in shots uh, between teams. Uh, It's an unacceptable performance. Uh, It's miraculous that we only gave up one goal. Uh, credit to our uh, goalkeeper, Murphy Sheaf. Uh, I don't know how she managed to only allow one shot uh, to the back of the net, but that's just horrible, horrible, horrible uh, from K-State, especially, I'd imagine, the, the midfield and back line uh, to um, allow that volume of shots is uh, pretty unbelievable. Um, after a Again, after we had a fairly solid start uh, to the season, um, yeah, I get the Memphis uh, now five one zero. You know, they're a, they're a quality squad, but we're supposed to be taking steps forward as a program, and this doesn't evidence that at all. Uh, and if we're going to be playing in games like this, we need to find a back of the net and at least get a draw. You know, if we're still this far behind in talent, we need to at least be able to get draws. We can't continue to be in matches like this and not get anything out of it. Yeah, no, it's it's just not sustainable. And I know that, like, we've talked about the number one thing that we want from this season is improvement. And I don't think we've walked back on that standard at all yet. It's just that there hasn't been improvement. Like, there, there were signs of improvement 
after like the first three regular season games. And ever since then, it has been a backslide, like a really, really painful and bad backslide. Yeah, that Creighton match, uh, uh, drawing nil-nil with a not-so-great Creighton team, ever since then, it's really been downhill. And we're kind of on a, uh, yeah, we're on a four-game streak now of just really poor form uh, as a club. Uh, we have an upcoming match this Sunday against Oral Roberts. That needs to be a get-right game before we start Big 12 play. Uh, because there's not going to be any opportunities, again, for tune-up matches. And I say that, I don't even know if Oral, how good Oral Roberts is. They they might be quality. I, I'm just not sure. But the soccer team has not lived up to the expectations I was hoping for them to take this year i i really did think that they were going to take a step and uh, it's not it's not really seeming like that's uh going to be something that happens uh at least not at this point uh but oral roberts they're one two and three as of now uh, if we don't take care of business against uh oral roberts then there's gonna be a significant concern yeah we we've got problems if if that happens like and I, I think it would be different to me personally if just like watching these games, like it, it would be different to me if, you know, watching these games, it'd be like, oh, you know, it's just tough luck here, tough luck there. You know, like sometimes things don't fall your way. No, <laughs> um, the, the team has gotten consistently worse and. I think it has to do. I don't. Well, I don't know enough about soccer to say it's like a play style thing, but it's just a lot of the upside that we were showing earlier in the season, sort of playing a form of bully ball, like hyper physical soccer, which was working. It just doesn't seem to be working anymore, and now it's backfiring on us because we can't defend properly. I think a lot of it is that we just don't have enough athletes on the field to really play the style that we want. I think that we do have athletes on the roster. I think that we have some good players. Like, I think that Jasmine Brown is really good. I think Murphy Sheaf is good at goalkeeper. Uh, I think we have a few others that are pretty good. Uh, but there's just not enough uh, consistency right now. Uh, and I, I don't really trust... Um, the squad to be able to deal with most teams on a physical level. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think that much is evident whenever you're giving up uh, 30 shots. We gave up 58 shots in two consecutive games. Uh, that's pretty no, horrible. That's not what you want. That's, <laughs> yeah. In fact, that is the opposite of what you would like. Yeah, that, that's bottom of the table stuff uh, for K-State. And if that's what happens, we're definitely not making the postseason tournament if this level of play continues. No. And that would be a step back. And like we said, goals always improvement. But the Oral Roberts game will hopefully be a get-right game before we go ahead and play Cincinnati that uh, September 14th, that Thursday. And then you start a really important road slate against Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and TCU. That'll be really, really important. (laughs) Yeah, um, I don't really know what to expect from those teams. I know TCU has historically been pretty good. Oklahoma, I think, has been really up and down, and I don't know a lot about Oklahoma State. 
Uh, but yeah, that stretch of three straight road games is going to be really difficult. Uh, but it's key for us. We have to at least look conscious, which is such a low standard to hold. But we need to be at least putting up a decent and solid fight in those matches. Because, uh, I mean, my expectations are really starting to take a downward turn because uh, of the disappointing play of the last few weeks. But then again, last year, every time that we said it was over, they would get they'd some be mir- so back. Yeah, they'd get some miraculous result and be so back. So who's to say it was actually going to happen? I'll, I'll try and be a little less negative, I guess, to end it here because you know they, they have faced a ton of adversity uh, in the past. They've pretty much faced nothing but adversity for their whole existence. So if anything, they are used to that. Uh, but another way to look at it, I guess, is the only way from here is up can't really get much lower i think than how we've been the last few games um but the oral roberts game might be a well-timed game if we can take advantage of the opportunity that we're given we'll see yeah Uh, all i'm gonna say is for every it's so over there's an invincible we're so back hopefully i really hope so (laughs) but we told you it'd kind of be a short one this week for the weekly recap, but of course now we have everyone's favorite part, the wacky segment of the week, where this week's question is, if you could delete one K-State memory or event from ever happening, which event would you choose? And this this does not change the result of the event. It just deletes the event from history. Um, I think for me, I think I might say the 2012 Baylor game, uh, mainly because, I mean, if that game doesn't exist and we still beat Texas and we're undefeated at the end of the year, uh, if if that's the logic that we're working with, because my knee jerk reaction is at times to say like some of those elite eight games, but then we just wouldn't move on because the game wouldn't have existed. There were other games that happened after the Baylor game, so... Uh, I guess that's what I'll roll with. I know some people will probably say the Big 12 championship in 98. I wasn't alive when that happened, so <laughs> I, I can't say I have a memory of it. But I, I'll roll with the uh, the Baylor game in 2012. I think that, that's a, a pretty good answer for a lot of uh, K-State what-ifs. So Yeah, Connor, I think you know my answer. Um, I, I wouldn't assume that. I have no idea what you're going to say. It's the 2020 Iowa State game. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I guess I should Because that, that game shouldn't have been played to begin with. Yeah. And nothing was gained or lost. Well, nothing was gained by that game happening. But a lot was lost. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a forgettable one. Uh, no, I, I don't think I, it was forgettable. I was miserable. It was a miserable game. It was a bigger speech. But yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have nothing else to say. We've really put a light mood on this episode. Yeah. We sure have. But you know what? You know what matters? Next week will be better. How do you know? Because it can't get much worse. Kadarius Tony isn't going to drop six passes today. Or next week. Kadarius Tony is not a K-State wide receiver, so we don't have to worry about that either. So... Yeah, we just timed this episode. Anyway, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. If you want to follow or contact the show, you can follow us just about anywhere at Aggieville ACATS. If you want to email us, we're AggievilleAlleyCats at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on a more personal note, I am at ACEdwards00. 
I am at Connor Baltazor, capital C, capital B. And if you want to support the show financially, please be sure to check out the official Aggieville Alley Cats merch store. Link in our Twitter and Spotify bio, but if you don't want to look there, it's AggievilleAlleyCats.MySpreadShirt.com. But most importantly, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. Stay safe, Alley Cats. <laughs>